0: We'll Well, well, well. Welcome to your favorite Christmas tradition. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you're listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very Christmas episode today, don't we, Scott? Ho, ho, ho! Um, okay. So, we'll do scoreboard stumper. We'll do our flex seal. We've got M. Fisher Admirable. Um, We've got our last inductee of the year, Warwick Dunn. We'll get our stumper, and we'll go to Christmas Mass. We'll do letters to Santa, and we'll send you on your way. So, without further ado, Scotty.
1: All right, we're gonna go to the NBA. There's lots to talk about Steph Curry as a point guard. We're gonna go to a different point guard right now. Um, Chris Paul owns the longest streak for. Uh, consecutive games with a steal. How many games consecutive with a steal is the record? Is it 65, 88, or 108?
0: Consecutive games with a steal? Yeah. I'm going with the low. I just feel like. you going 65? Yeah. All right. That just, even that seems like a lot to me. Right. I don't know. I know. All right, let's get, we'll get the answer to that later. Yeah. Um, let's get into our fuel.
1: Hi, Phil Swift here for Flex Tape, the super strong waterproof tape
0: that can instantly patch bond seal and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is Lamar Miller, running back, Miami Dolphins. Ooh. He was drafted by the Dolphins (laughs) in 2012. He did not play in 2019 after making the Pro Bowl in 2018. Right. So his last full season was 2018. Last year, he appeared in one game with the Bears, and he had two catches for six yards, no carries. All right. So he um, he's played one game in the last two years. Two and a half years. Really, th- almost three years. We're <laughs> a Because we're week 19 or whatever we do now. Um, so, yeah, Lamar Miller, Flex heel of the Week.
1: Yeah, uh, impressive. I mean, maybe he's going back to the Dolphins as like a swan
0: song. You know, go back where it all started. I don't know. I think it wasn't even that cute. It was him and three other people. Yeah. (laughs) They worked out him and three other people. It wasn't even like, we need you, Lamar. It was like, hey, man, we've got like three other guys coming in. If you want to come in and just like, I don't don't know. Uh, Do you even play anymore? Did Uh, you retire? (laughs) I mean, they're going to run the Wildcat again, right? They got
1: two. two, uh, I mean, Lamar's already fluent.
0: <laughs> remember Wildcat?
1: <laughs> I remember. I remember Tim Tebow.
0: Who was the big Wildcat guy for them when they. Oh, it was Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown was nasty. They'd
1: line up in the pistol sometimes. Yeah. Some,
0: some great fantasy points won. Yes. In that time period. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our holiday tradition Impish or Admirable? Oh, judgment
1: is nigh. For the belch nickel is I. Yes, he is finally
0: nigh. I am nigh. First up on Impish or Admirable is the impish ways of Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer <laughs> and these Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Oh, man. The Jaguars are such a mess. So coming into this previous Sunday's game, uh, Trevor Lawrence talked up his fellow, uh, fellow teammate running back, James Robinson, and he's like he's their leading rusher. Um, He doesn't have that many yards, but uh, he talked him up. He's like, well, he's got to be on the field more often. Well, he hasn't been on the field in the last two weeks because he's been coughing up the ball. So you get benched when you cough up the ball.
0: It's just what you do. Yeah, I mean, that's Belichick ball there.
1: Yeah. So first of all, so Trevor Lawrence is in the media running his mouth about how what the team needs to do. So this Sunday, James Robinson uh, carried the ball six times for four yards as the Jaguars got shut out.
0: That hot chick just needs to know his role. <laughs> I mean,
1: first of all, talking in the media, uh, that's why there's coaches, dude. Shut the fuck up. You're yeah. a rookie.
0: Just know your role, man. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I don't care how hot that chick is. Yeah. What's funny is I was telling somebody about how we refer to him. I think it was my friend Andrew then She's like, we just refer to him as that hot chick, Trevor, Trevor, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. And he goes, He's not hot though. He's <laughs> he's hideous looking. <laughs> it's like, like I always thought it was just so funny that we, that we never even we never even questioned if he was actually hot or not. It was just kind of a thing. Yeah, like, this is like a Hillary Swank office kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. it's like it has nothing to do with,
1: <laughs> with whether he's actually hot or
0: not. Like this that's was, the it's the hair. It's <laughs> the joke with the hair. I have to be like
1: an educational podcast that's devolved to talking about if Trevor Lawrence is hot or not. All right. All right, Impish. <laughs> impish. impish, definitely. And Urban.
0: Oh, Benchnickel oh. has traveled from distant lands to discover how all the boys and the girls have been behaving this last year. <laughs> all right, and then Impish or admirable? Uh, Raiders getting chaperoned by the Chiefs after taunting them in pregame warm-ups. Impish. Yeah, uh they stood out on the
1: Chiefs logo right before the game and had their whole like team meeting and like hype up out there and the Chiefs were just sitting there like the fuck are you doing <laughs> so it was 35 to nothing at the half chiefs <laughs> yeah and it
0: was like the second half was like a mercy half yeah and it's it still it. on, like 48 yeah. to 9 <laughs> All right, Impish oh, Raiders. Those Impish Raiders—they're having a very Impish year. Yeah, they, in general, like they really have had an Impish year. Like between Rugs, Gruden. Yeah, I mean, there's a t- there might be a team award for Jubberbony of the year. And then Jacobs, <laughs> and then even Jacobs didn't it just come out that he has like 19 baby mamas or something. I don't know something that broke Antonio Cromartie's record. I would say Will Chamberlain, but whoa! All right, <laughs> <laughs> no one fears Santa the way they fear Bishness. Uh, We've got another impish here. It's uh, Chase Claypool um, celebrating a first down, um, delaying what would have been an opportunity to win the game um, in the game against the Vikings, in which the internet had dubbed that game um, teams that can't beat the Detroit Lions Bowl. Yeah. And so in this act of, Stupidity. They lose the teams that can't beat the Detroit Lions Bowl, thus becoming, um, you know, the most impish team in the NFL. Yeah,
1: uh, it was a. He got a nine-yard catch on a fourth and one play with four, <laughs> with forty two seconds remaining, and then he celebrated so long about his fucking first down that there was only twenty five seconds left by the time Big Ben clocked the ball. Like, and then, <laughs> what Tomlin had to say about it, it's just great because he says he's a young guy who's growing up and developing in a lot of ways. That growth can't happen fast enough for him, and it can't happen fast enough for us. And <laughs> Man. Tomlin just, whoo. That's like, when you're, that's like when your parents are mad at you or something. <clears throat> that, that's like, that's just saying, like, I'm not mad at you, I'm disappointed. Yeah, that's,
0: yeah. <laughs> it hurts more. Yeah, that's a knife. <laughs> uh, we do have one admirable, though, don't we? Absolutely. Come on, get with the spirit
1: of it, you guys. Yes, yeah, Steph Curry just broke Ray Allen's all-time NBA three-point record. woo So he, yeah, he hit it uh, in the first quarter of... Uh, Game against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden, his two thousand nine hundred and seventy-four three pointer.
0: With Ray Allen and Reggie Miller, previous record holders in attendance. In attendance. They showed a pregame hug. Um
1: yeah, and he's only thirty three. This is the dude who like pretty much like made like three three point shooting the new dunks. Like
0: Yeah, and he's like the you know, he's pretty much the the Brady of the NBA. So like we were saying, he'll probably put at least one or two more thousand up on Upon yeah. on that record, <laughs> yeah. If if you don't make if you don't make Kobe
1: Bryant the new logo, make it Steph Curry.
0: <laughs> Very admirable, admirable Steph Curry. All right, yeah. And the Warriors are back, baby. Yeah, in a big way. All right, moving on to our last inductee of the year, Warwick Dunn. Warwick Demond
1: Dunn was born January 5th, 1975, in New Orleans, Louisiana, to a single mother of six, with Warwick being the eldest. At Catholic High School in Baton Rouge, Warwick played quarterback, running back, and defensive back. In his sophomore year, he helped helped lead his team to their first ever 4A state championship game appearance. Dunn would be an All-America honorable mention selection by USA Today for his senior year, but instead of signing letters for intent for college...
0: Tragedy struck. Warwick's mother, Betty Smothers, was a police officer, and on the night of January 7th, 1993, she was escorting a businesswoman to a late night deposit. Smothers was off duty at the time, but that night she would be ambushed and killed by two men. She was 36. Just two days after his 18th birthday, Warwick was forced to become the head of the household, and he'd raise his own siblings. In the aftermath, the two gunmen were sentenced to death, while the getaway driver was sentenced to 25 years. I've got to go and make sure the younger ones, my brothers and sisters, are okay, he recalled. Right then and there, my mindset changed, he said.
1: Warwick would go on to attend Florida State University, where he starred in both football and track and field. Dunn hit the field immediately as a freshman, rushing for 511 yards and receiving for 357 yards and collecting 10 touchdowns. The FSU Seminoles would go on to win the 1993 National Championship over number 2-ranked Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. Over the next three seasons, Wark would collect 3,959 yards on the ground and 1,314 yards through the air, while accounting for 59 touchdowns. Dunn received first-team All-ACC honors and a second-team All-American nod, while also being named an Associated Press All-American in track in 1996.
0: Man, I love those old Florida State teams. Yeah, man. (laughs) Dunn was an undersized running back standing at 5'9 and 187 pounds. But his elusiveness, speed, and catching ability made him a threat. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers would select Warwick 12th overall in the 1997 NFL draft. Much like his college experience, he was immediately successful, rushing for 978 yards, receiving for 462 yards, and totaling seven touchdowns. He was selected to the NFC Pro Bowl team and won the Offensive Rookie of the Year Award. Dunn spent the next four years of his career in Tampa Bay, eclipsing 1,000 yards rushing in both 1998 and 2000, and again being named to the Pro Bowl in 2000.
1: (laughs) Pro Bowl as a rookie? Hell yeah. Yeah, not bad. (laughs) Not bad. As a free agent in the 2002 offseason... Warwick signed a six-year, $28.5 million contract with the Atlanta Falcons. Again, he was an instant impact for the Falcons. Leading the league with 5.4 yards a carry and adding nine total touchdowns. Warwick then scored the most rushing touchdowns in his career of nine in 2004, despite splitting carries with TJ Duckett. Weird name drop. Dunn returned as the team's leader in rushing for 2005 in earned his third and final Pro Bowl appearance. Warwick had great years in Atlanta, but on March 3rd, 2008, he asked for his release, the day after the team had signed Michael Turner from the Chargers. Drama! Like, avoid it.
0: <laughs> Dunn finished out his career in a familiar setting of Tampa Bay. He finished his final season with 786 rushing yards, 330 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. He retired at 14th on the all-purpose yards list with 10,967 rushing yards, 4,339 receiving yards and 64 total touchdowns. Nice. Warwick finished with a nicely polished NFL career, but since he came into the league, his philanthropic work has been something of legend. He established the Homes for the Holidays program in 1997 and started Warwick Dunn Charities in 2002 as a way to grow programs and services. The HFTH program rewards single-parent families for reaching first-time home ownership. Working with Habitat for Humanity and WDC, the HFTH group completely furnishes the homes and provides down payment assistance. Yeah, it's a lot.
1: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go through it, too. Homes for the Holidays has helped build more than 170 homes, assisting more than 300 dependents in Atlanta, Baton Rouge, Tampa, and Tallahassee. Deshaun Watson was actually one of the home recipients.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, by providing families with a positive home environment, WDC believes that children can thrive educationally, socially, and economically. For his exceptional involvement on and off the field, Dunn was awarded with the 2009 BART Star Award. He also received a Jefferson Award for Outstanding Athlete in Service and Philanthropy in 2011. As a fan favorite and a local hero in Atlanta, Warwick also became a mi- minority owner of the Falcons in December of 2009. Worked on Rose to his responsibilities, diced through defenses, and became football Santa Claus. And for that, he is a holiday legend. Truly a legend. Indeed, sir. It's
0: funny how it came about. We were like, who is Christmas? You were like, who is Christmas appropriate? Who is most like Santa Claus? And I said, work done. You started cracking up because without context, that is a very hilarious answer. Yeah. And then you're doing your research and you're like, so I'm doing my research and check out this shit work done to. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's why I was saying work done. He took something awful that happened to him and he really turned it into a positive.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that's, I mean, that's really powerful for him to be able to, and he's very open about it. He wrote about an autobiography, I mean, he has an autobiog- autobiography out there um, where he talks about like how going through therapy helped him like realize like really like the full length of what happened and, you know, his mother's murder and then how he could like, you know, just help in the best way possible. You know, he didn't,
0: (laughs) you know, way to turn a leaf. It's also funny to like at one point of your career go to ownership and be like, can I get out of my contract and leave you? And then within like five or so years, come back and be like, here's some money. I'm going to be part owner of you now. Oh No, it was actually, (laughs) it was a, it was
1: a year later. Yeah, it was he so was he two thousand
0: nine. He became part owner.
1: Yeah, and he asked for his lease, release in 2008.
0: But didn't he go play a year for Tampa Bay? Yeah, so, so he it was just right. So, after so it there.
1: was like he knew his he was like done with Tampa Bay. So he was pretty much like, you know, this season's over. I'm going to go invest in the Falcons, <laughs> fuck this shit. That's great. <laughs> but like uh yeah, he also won a Walter Payton Man of the Year award, which is a big deal to me cuz Walter Payton's a big deal to me personally. So Yeah. Yeah, um anybody who who can stand up to, uh, you know, the shadow of Walter Payton is a good person.
0: So moving on, I guess, let's get on to our um, stumper answer. All right. Chris Paul has the record for the most consecutive
1: games with a steal. It does that total stand at 65, 88, or 108?
0: I feel like I'm wrong, but yeah, I'm going to go with the short one. It's 108. 108 games for Chris Paul
1: (laughs) yeah wow CP3 I mean we're talking about Steph Curry he's you know shattering all time records but CP3 has some really hilarious ones too I think yeah he was like the second coming of John Stockton (laughs) (laughs) Gary Payton Gary Payton maybe yeah
0: right. um let's get on to our Christmas mass here we're going to church um Thoughts and prayers to the family of Demarius Thomas and the 40-plus people within the Broncos organization that had previously spent quality time with the recently passed 33-year-old wide receiver, former wide receiver. Yeah, really shocking news. So thoughts and prayers. T's and P's. And then um, we also have a T's and P's for Dickie V. Absolutely.
1: He's kind of like, you know, to keep he has cancer.
0: He's kind of on, like,
1: his last tour. He's he's going to all these different schools, and it's really cool because everybody just shows out for him, and it's just like, this dude's been broadcasting college basketball on ESPN for literally ever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've had him our entire lifetime.
0: (laughs) All right, let's do Letters of Santa. Uh, Scotty's going first.
1: santa what's up you probably have a bunch of shit to do me too but you made good on my wish of making sure the olympics happened this year so here we go this year i'd like the reds to have a closer not a room full of dipshits bob castellini rolls out there for tree fitty that he's willing to spend a closer i'd also like you to make sure i can watch as much curling as possible this winter it helps me learn how to shout random words from other languages Finally, if you can find it in your cold, dead heart, please give OJ a peaceful life now that he's off parole. Murder and armed robbery is hard work. Love, Scott. P.S. Don't let, let me catch you hiring any scabs this season.
0: Dear Santa, Last year I wrote and asked you for a record-breaking season from Red's incumbent closer, Amir Garrett. Amir responded with zero wins, four losses, seven saves, and ungodly 6.04 ERA in 63 games. I did some reflecting, Santa. I didn't pout. Rather, I made drastic life changes to improve my spirit and mind. Now, with a new lease on life, Santa, here is my Christmas list. I would like to win both my fantasy championships. Yes. Um, I would like the Bengals to win their first playoff game in 31 years. I would like to see Tom Brady face the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, I would also like you to see that there is a swift ending to the Major League Baseball owner's lockout. So tell those bootlicking elves I said Hi. Merry Christmas from your fellow socialists, Nick. Beautiful. Very eloquent. So, Merry Christmas, y'all. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, and more.
1: Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sportsball. That's at the letter L Sportsball. This concludes the second season of Legends of Sportsball. Be sure to tune in for our annual awards show where we'll be handing out golden peaches at the Sporties.
0: Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sportsball. May the sports be with you. Always.